Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. A good tevach, a good week. We continue our journey in the life-changing Sefer HaTanya. This program is made possible by Rena Lights LLC and is an honor and memory of Rav Yesef Halevi Weinberg Olav HaShalom, Rav Meshem Pichos HaKoyen Katz Olav HaShalom, Rav Yel HaKoyen Khan Olav HaShalom, and is in schus and merit of Rav Zev Yecheskel HaKoyen and Risha Katz, Le'edich Yom V'Shanim Tevitz, for many long, healthy years. We are in the second half of Chapter 9 in Tanya, Pedic Tess, discussing how we transform ourselves from self-oriented, egocentric, driven by self-interest of the animal soul into divine beings. And it's indeed a battle, literally a battle, like a battle between two kings over the control of a city. So here the city is, the small city is you and I, the body. The citizens of the city are our faculties. And there's a battle, who will control your faculties? And putting it in simple terms, the battle is, are, you going to drive, are your faculties and your thought, speech, and action going to be driven for self-interest or will be driven for higher purpose, to serve, transcendence, to fulfill the mission for which God sent you to this world? Now, we're not looking for perfection here. We're looking for a process to move away from the natural gravitation which comes without any effort of just being self-indulgent toward, with effort, toward the divine soul controlling you, your faculties and your thought, speech, and action toward a higher end, toward higher purpose. And just like in a battle over a city, there are stages, and we discussed at length in the previous classes, the stages. First there's conquest, then there's control, then there's cooperation, until you actually transform the citizens that once were neutral, or worse, enemies of yours, and they become allies. Same too, here it's not just that divine soul conquers and dominates over the animal soul, but actually persuades it and inspires it to become an ally, a partner with the divine soul, because it sees that it also serves its interest. Because as we discussed, the animal soul itself is not evil. Actually, God created it to be driven for its own survival and its own interest. We're going to learn it also at the end of this chapter. So driven by desire and passion, the question is to what direction that desire and passion will be directed to, that is the challenge, and that's the battle. So we learned, after discussing the example of the two cities, of the two kings, and who's going to control the city, so we learned how that spells it, how that plays itself out in the actual process of the divine soul being one of the kings seeking to dominate and control. But let's make sure the word dominate here can be a negative one. Here we mean that it should be the driving force of a person's life. Like he said in the beginning of the section that we have been learning now, that these are the words. <laughs> Let 
Shalikis Chefza. That there's the battle, I should say, Halikis Vachyunis Abamishim Aklipin, Alchomizu Imzu, Alaguva Chole Varov. There's a battle. And then Shalikis Chefza would say, the divine soul, its desire, Shatehi Levada Meshalasalavim Manigose. She alone, that divine soul, should be the sole king, the sole governor over the person and govern the person. And all the limbs and organs, all the faculties of the person should be following the divine soul's guidelines. And then we learn Markovela, Levushla, and Alavush, all the different levels. And then he explained it in Aveda, he said, the Hainu. That the three intellectual faculties in the mind, you can use your mind for many different things, but they should be filled, filled is the word, with the Chabad of the Divine Soul by learning Tere. More than just learning Tere. That is the wisdom of Hashem and its understanding to contemplate on greatness the unfathomable and endless greatness of God, and from that contemplation to give birth through Das, so we have Nachachma bin Das covered, to Hayira the reverence in the mind, and the trepidation in the heart, and the love of God, That it should then travel to the right side of the heart is where the divine soul resides. A love of God like a fire burning in the heart, like a flaming fire. To the point that's, that, that it says, I would shall have us. V'gam kol sanafshi b'chashekeh v'chafetzah l'dofke be be'ensev baruchu b'lev b'cholev v'nefesh ma'ed. So that the soul will yearn and indeed languish with fervor and desire and passion to attach himself to the, the infinite divine light with all the heart, soul, and might. But he uses here, and then in the singular, is the Loshan in Vahafta. But b'cholev, in other words, not saying yours, it's saying the heart, all the heart, the nefesh and ma'id. Me'um k'deliba she'b'chol ha'yemoni. This we all learned. I'm just reviewing what we learned in the last year. From the depths of the heart, from the right chamber, as I mentioned, where the divine soul's emotions reside. She'yateche rotsuv ava moli v'godosh. And you see here again all the stages. Every stage is covered here. First begins the love, and then it becomes shiiteche rotsuf. This experience is inlaid with love like a floor that covers the entire floor, not just a part of the heart, but the entire floor of the heart, so to speak. But the floor is not the entire, that only covers the width. What about the height? So he says, fill to capacity. Shiiteche rotsuf ava mole. So that's even more than that. That's filled to capacity. But that's just filled to capacity. Then he adds the and overflowing. 
So we're covering every, literally every iota, every fiber of the person's heart, the right side of the heart, that is, is filled with love of what? Of godliness. Now initially this sounds like something impossible. No, but remember, the love for godliness means the love of purpose. Love of a life of purpose. That your soul was sent into this world to live up to its calling. And as a divine calling. That's a, a, something when you begin to contemplate on that. You contemplate on the greatness of God. That you can be a messenger, an ambassador of this greatness, of this ain't saved baruch on this earth. It fills you up with love. To the point that it's overflowing. And now... As we discussed, and this will just continue from where we, we, we covered another few lines. So I'm just going to go over it and then continue. Because we still have to contend with another issue. Fine. The divine soul, the king, called the divine soul, has conquered the city. Meaning the person. The person's mind, like he said, Chachma bin Adas, and heart, right side of the heart, is filled with contemplation and understanding of godliness. And the greatness of godliness. The heart is beating with love, with reverence, and with love, to the point that love is all filling him up. So it's literally, the king has basically controls and conquered the city. What else is missing? What's missing is that there are still adversaries. There's still others that may not have been convinced. They may not be allies. They may not be fighting Openly, because the city was conquered. But remember, conquest means complete conquest. Complete conquest means that there's no room for any dissent, for any opposition. And who's the opposition? The animal soul. The animal soul has not yet been transformed and not been necessarily completely subdued. So that's what he says, that when it's filled to capacity and it overflows... So even physically, when something overflows, it spills over and affects the surroundings. That's Malay Vigodush. So what is it affecting in this case? Obviously, it's not physical. That the love is so profound and so fills you up that it spills over and affects. Spills over to the left side of the heart, which is what the center, the residence, the dwelling place of the animal soul, as we learned in the beginning of the chapter. And what does that mean? That the love of godliness is now also influencing and inspiring the animal soul. But here too, there are stages. Just as there are stages in the conquest in general, there are stages also in the impact it has on the potential adversary and the potential opponents that oppose, that have their own agenda. <clears throat> so the first step is, and what effect does it have? So now, let's continue. We're going to learn the levels. The general concept of iskafi and ishapcha. We mentioned it last week, but let me elaborate. Iskafi and ishapcha are two words in Aramaic. One, it means kaifa, to subdue, to tame. Ishapcha from the word hafikha. Not just kaifa, but hafikha, to transform. So in any given situation, just take, let's take a simple example. Let's say there's a disagreement among uh, partners in business or family members. And you sit down and everyone negotiates and discusses and presents their ideas. Now it's very possible that someone has a very good approach and even those disagreed, you at least get them not to disagree. So they're not, 
So they're saying, you know what? Maybe you have a good point. You've subdued, you've tamed them. So they don't have any opposition, but you can't say they agree with you yet. You can't say you've changed their mind and transformed them. The same thing with the Nefesh Alekis and Nefesh Abamis. There's a state where the Nefesh Alekis has filled up the heart, spilling over, it's speaking to the animal soul and saying to it, it's in your interest as well. But the divine animal soul has not been convinced yet. It becomes subdued. So the first step is to subdue the sitra the other side, which is the other side, the other king, which is connected to Yusayd HaMayim, as we learned at the end of chapter one, the negative element of water, which is what Yusayd HaMayim Aroyim of water. Aroyim means the negative form which is what? Of desire, which is the root, shebohi, sheboh, shiatai v'shemeklipas nega. The desire for kosher pleasures. We're not talking about necessarily unkosher. But it's still an indulgence. So water represents, in that sense, like he said, all the pleasures we have, because water gives birth, water sustains and nurtures everything that grows, a pleasure comes through water. But what have we accomplished? That even though you have pleasures, but it's subdued, it's tamed. Why? Because the love of God is speaking and has a good argument to be made. So even that initial opposition, the other king who wanted to dominate and control the person for self-indulgent purposes has now, is now listening and been subdued. That's likafila sitrachra. We'll soon understand why the Altar Rebbe is bringing you Seyed Hamayim. Because when it comes to transformation, you don't want just that that water should be neutralized. You want it to be transformed to a passionate water of love for God. We'll soon discuss that. Additionally, I made this point in the last year, why doesn't he bring the other Yusaydas? Because the Yusad, the foundation of all the negative elements of the animal soul is ultimately its pleasure and desire. The other Yusaydas are part of the personality of the, divine, of the animal soul. So it's an outgrowth. But Yusayda Mayim is the core. Self-interest. Self-indulgence. The pleasure of self. Which is also true as well, and even in secular psychology, the idea of the id. It's me, my pleasure, the pleasure principle, they call it. That everything is driven by my pleasure. Which is Yusayda Mayim Arayim in the language of Chassidus. And that has been subdued. But there's much more. We don't just want to subdue the opposition. We want to transform it. So the Altarah becomes the next level. And just as we spoke in the Moshal, stages of how you conquer to, to the point of total transformation of the city that's a total ally and there's no room for any opposition. More than that, the opposition actually becomes part of your ally, part of your support and becomes an ally. So here he continues. What's after Liskafia? Before we talk transformation, the next word, to change it. So now it's more than just. Before we said subdue the opposition. Going back to the example, disagreement. So fine, those that disagree, the dissenters said, say, we won't oppose it. But do we agree? Not necessarily. But then comes you start changing their mind. There's a change happening. The animal soul is learning. 
So actually you have here the process also of healing. Anyone that deals with healing in any given way, psychological, emotional, knows it's not overnight. There's no cold turkey. There's no one button you press. You begin by first subduing, controlling. You control yourself. person is addicted or anything else. I'm just using that as an example. The Al-Tareb is not referring to that necessarily, but it's an example that we can easily apply. So the fact that you can control yourself for an hour, for a day, is also something to be dry, as they say. Then comes the next step where change starts happening. You know, the seed has been planted, and maybe there's some point here. So it's not just I don't dissent and I don't oppose. There's a change, l'shanesa. Then comes the next step. Ula hafocha. Ula hafcha. Ula hafcha and transform it, what? Metanu ge'elam hazeh. To transform the left side of the heart. The right side of the heart has been covered because the divine passion and fervor has been stimulated and has filled up the right side of the heart to the point it's filled and spilled over. But now that spillover hasn't just subdued and not just changed, it's going to come to transform. And transform what? The left side from seeking worldly pleasures, metainuga elam hazeh, to loving God. So when it's neutral, it says, okay, I won't seek worldly pleasures, but not necessarily I'm cooperating and going along with the other king, which is the divine soul, to also love God. But now we're talking from subduing and taming to changing to transforming. And the Alter Rebbe continues, and this we say, this is the Befeir Shemayim Chazal, Kamoshe Kosuv, Becholavavcha, so he's going back before he said Becholav. Becholavavcha, Bishneyitzarecha. You shall love God with all your heart, but heart is written not Lipcha, Levavcha. This is the Pasuk in Vahavta Sashem Alekechem Veschanon. Vav Hey, 6 5. So the fact that we're saying with the Levavcha, with two bases, bases, so it suggests two elements of the heart. Says the Gemara in Brachis, Nun Dalit, Amr Aleph, 54a, with both your impulses, with both your inclinations, B'Shnei Yitzarecha, Yitzar which is from the right side of the heart, and Yitzar Hara, the left side of the heart. So now both chambers of the heart are covered, B'Chol And Mamish, we say it every day, several times a day, B'Haft Hashem HaKelech, because from the right side of the heart, the love of God, and the right side of the heart from the divine soul has spilled over, Godush, into the left side of the heart. And what has it done? That it too should love. Not just that it shouldn't oppose. Not just you leave it alone and say don't oppose and don't resist. You've subdued it, you've changed it, and now comes to the point, that with both sides of your heart, you're loving God. You may recall when we discussed that the right side of the heart is primarily focuses on bringing oxygen, ruach from the lungs into the blood. The left side of the heart is more the fiery passion of the blood itself, but they join together because you want the oxygen in the blood. So in a sense, the ruach of the divine soul 
with the blood that where it, it, it within what which is contained which contains that ruach haim that oxygen spills over to the left side of the heart so the fiery passions are now being directed redirected toward loving God. Because let's repeat again, because the animal soul, remember, is not just some evil force. It seeks pleasure. If you can show it that it gains pleasure from godly things, why is that less pleasure than gaining pleasure from material things? On the contrary, material things are temporary, mortal, impermanent. Divine delights are, are, are forever, are permanent, are eternal. Now that's an Aveda, because the animal soul on its own will resist it. But the Aveda, the work is to subdue, change, and ultimately transform. Which is why, we'll learn this later, that when an animal soul is very fire and passionate about its desires, sometimes the first step is not necessarily to, to compete and say, let me show you how a mitzvah or teda or what God wants is better. Sometimes it's just, just neutralizing it. Say, you know what? Read a book. Even a book on mathematics. Do something that's not forbidden for sure not. But you can start seeing it's not just about me. Not just about me. Maybe it's intellectual pleasure. Maybe it's playing chess. Just as examples. Because what you're doing is showing the animal soul that there are options. Indulgence and pleasure is not just from the things you're addicted to or that your habits and routines gravitate to. Obviously the goal is, but this too is in stages. Okay. So the key thing to remember, and I'll quote here, the Alter Rebbe explains in Lekut HaTeh Chukas, where he talks about the burning of the Pora Duma till it becomes a far hapora, till you have the dust, you have only the ash left over. And the ash is mixed with Mayim Chaim, with living water, and that's what you spray and eliminates and purifies from the impurity of death. In Ruchnius, the same idea. We're not talking about destroying the animal soul the potter. We're talking about burning out its seer, its surah, like he explains there, the ruach mayim, the, the, ish, mayim, the ish mayim ruach, but even when what's left over is something, it's called ash. Efer, connected to ofer. So what's left over? So he explains that there's two things in a taiva, in a desire. One is the power of desire. And the other is the object of desire. So when a person desires something, you have to distinguish. The thing is it gets snowballed and connected together. But the object of desire is not one with the, with the desire. So a person can have a very deep desire, power of desire, and unfortunately due to ignorance, due to habit, due to whatever, not having thinking, not having options, gets drawn to a desire, to an object that is unhealthy for it. Any, any habit, smoking, alcohol, 
So the power of desire, he says there, is you say, Dose is rooted in a very high place because the desire of the soul for something. It's the object that's the issue. So you have to burn out the object and now you're left just with the efer, just with the dust, just with the ash. And that then could be re- redirected toward an object of desire that is very holy. So when a tzaddik is sitting and learning Tater with passion and desire, there the object of desire and the desire are both aligned toward, the, toward godliness. But he has not, le- you can't say a tzaddik has less desire to do a mitzvah to serve Hashem or to daven or to learn than let's say somebody who gravitates to Havdil, somebody who's driven for passions and desires that are objects are self-indulgent and the opposite of godliness. We're not even discussing forbidden. They both have desire. It's not like a tzaddik has less desire, less pleasure in this world. The difference is the object. The object of this one's desire is teira mitzvahs, tzaddiks. The object of the other is elam hazeh, material pleasures. So the Alter Rebbe says the goal here is not to eliminate the power of desire, not to eliminate pleasure. It's to redirect and channel the power of desire to a different object. A little child is playing on on the floor with toys. You're not going to play with toys as an adult. You may play with uh, other, other toys that adults play with. You may enjoy making money. You may enjoy intellectual pursuits. It's also a pleasure. The difference is in the object. And if you grow even more mature, you realize that even material, what adults enjoy, is also material. And you come to learn that real pleasure comes from elikus, from godliness. So the difference is not that there's less desire and passion, it's where is it directed? And what is the object of it? So that's why we say, there's b'chol of Yitzhahara and Nefeshabamis have to be taught to find a different object to satisfy their pleasure. And that's what he says here. Now, the al next, and this I'll just give an introduction and then we'll continue next week. The next section, he's going to explain that in order for the Nefesh to actually transform the animal soul, the divine soul to transform the animal soul that we've already been discussing, lahofcha, like we said, is now going to take us into a new deeper level of love. So even though we just said that the love, the fiery, passionate love, is, fills up the right side of the heart, spills over to the left side of the heart, and, effect, and it's subduing, and affecting and changing and transforming the animal soul, the left side of the heart, yet there's another element, another love that has to be introduced now that really has the power, sustainable power of that transformation. So he's going to introduce another level of ava that's deeper than fiery ava, watery ava, a calm, deep, serene love. And that will leave for the next shir. So what you see here, again, is this beautiful, fascinating, eloquent approach to how a person grows and matures from the raw material that we are when we're younger 
into a mature, spiritual, emotional, godly human being. TanyaApply.com. You can find this in all previous programs. You can also submit any question. Everyone have a good tavach. Be well. Call this has been My Life Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit ChasidahApply.com for archived classes and more resources.